Here we are, another episode, This Life Ain't For Everybody, another Deemer Box, new artist spotlight brought to you by Deemer Box and Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. We've teamed up with Jack Daniels. We just got back from Lynchburg, Tennessee, and judging the the Jack, the World Barbecue Invitational. I'm so proud and honored to be a part of that and asked to judge by the Jack Daniels family. I absolutely love J- Lynchburg, Tennessee, and everything Jack Daniels stands for. So we uh, we team that up, and we, uh, we listen to our music with a couple fingers on ice. And again, we do it with safety and responsibility in mind. Um, but we listen to our music through Deemerbox, and that's why Deemerbox is part of our podcast platform now. Deemerbox is unbelievable. The DB1, the DB2. Look them up at Deemerbox.com. Get your new edition today, soon to be the Foul Life edition and the This Life Ain't For Everybody edition. We uh, we are so fired up. You can pair them together. We have them around the swimming pool, our backyards, our houses. There's no need to even put surround sound in anywhere. These things sound great. We bring them in the boat. We have them in the field setting up decoys. No matter where we're at at the lake during the summer, if your speakers go down on your boat, don't worry. Deemer Box is there for you. This is another episode of Deemer Box Presents, the new artist spotlight right here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all for listening. We have Jacob Boyd from the great state of Texas. We got to meet this kid down in El Campo during teal season a couple weeks ago with Steve Biggers down in El Campo. And he uh, his songwriting, his stage presence, he's got it going on. And just a great soul, a great heart, comes from a great family. They actually own and operate the Kenny store down in Texas, which you're going to learn some on today's episode. And then we have Mr. Tony Kruger, Jacob Boyd's stepfather, coming on the podcast next week to get down in the weeds about the Kenny store and some of the upcoming acts they have the concerts the dinners everything that you can expect from a great place in the state of texas everything's bigger down there this conversation is big jacob boy music brought to you by deemer box and jack daniels tennessee sour mash whiskey i hope you all enjoy it this life ain't for everybody i'm chad belding your host thank you all very much what's going on in texas well we just literally rolled back into town so i'm not sure <laughs> but uh yeah we're uh we just got back and um uh, so we're going to unload our all of our stuff. Long long story, but we went up to Nashville to get all of our stuff uh, from when we left there to come back home. So I'm just about to unload a bunch, big big trailer full of stuff. <laughs> well, you're done in Nashville. Well, yeah, we uh, we left um, kind of during the COVID thing. Uh, we got out and wanted to be closer to family. So it's been about two years. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we sold our house there and and uh, are settling here in Belleville. So. Did you get tired of the the Nashville rigmarole? Man, that's that's kind of been the the interesting thing about my story is I, I really wasn't doing music when I lived there, you know. Um, so it's music really didn't come back into my life. I lived there for eleven years and uh, I did music a little bit. I dabbled when I first got there, but music really didn't become a, a big part of my life again until I moved back to Texas. Ironically, <laughs> what were you what were you doing in Nashville? <clears throat> Well, I started with a discount tire company. Uh, it's a big tire and uh, wheel company uh, in high school. And when I turned 19, I believe they promoted me like assistant manager or something. And they were opening the Tennessee region. Uh, and they said, hey, does anybody want to move? And I said, well, hell yeah, I want to move. Because uh, I'd always wanted to go to Nashville. So I did that for a few years and then uh, got out of that, started a business, um, which did really well. And I ran a business uh, for seven years uh, and sold that December of 2019, um, not knowing obviously COVID was coming. But uh, so that uh, that was what I was doing there, just working and trying to 
trying to build a business really um what what kind of business was it i bought uh overstock and returns uh truckloads from amazon and i had a, a discount store and a big ebay store and um so that was just it, it started out as me just not wanting to work uh at discount tire anymore so i just was selling stuff out of my garage and it grew into a into a big business so what what did you get that idea from watching the 40 year old virgin or something <laughs> Yeah, that was my first uh, in- introduction to it. But my wife cuts hair, and uh, so she meets a lot of different people. And uh, one of her clients, they had been doing it for a while. And it's kind of a that business is kind of a regional thing. Um, a lot of people do it out there. Um, so it was just something I naturally kind of fell into. So in Nashville, you're working this tire business. You get out of it. You start your own online business, selling uh-huh. overstock and. Um, you're you're close to broadway you're close to 16th and 17th avenue music row Mm -hmm. you're not you're not even thinking about it as far as like trying to go get a gig at a honky tonk or play down at layla's or tootsie's a couple nights a week you're not you're not even thinking about that with your musical background and 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 now what you're doing which we'll get into you didn't want to do that at all when you were in nashville huh well i mean the, the desire to do music has always been with me from a very young age but i think my mindset was just uh so focused on i wanted to get my life to where it was a uh, try to at least get my life to where it was to a point to where i could do it and enjoy it i knew uh the sacrifices that would have to be made if i wanted to do it and uh, god just kind of took me down the right path and and what i wanted was kind of what i got Uh, (laughs) so uh yeah i always had the passion to do it and when i moved to town i did the broadway thing for a few years with a band and uh, and i i kind of saw what what that was and i got a little burnt out in the beginning so i i think i was just uh kind of trusting that at the right time it, it would present itself and i'd be able to do it uh, was my mindset but man it, it was it burned inside of me i wanted to do it i just didn't know how or or any of that you know so so <clears throat> without getting too personal did you make enough loot on your cell to be able to kind of it back your music business now or are you having to work again back in texas on a full-time gig to keep your musical dreams and career going well a little bit of both we we did very well on the sale of that business and it, it i ran it um my goal was always to run that business debt free and we achieved that uh about uh four years in so when i when they you know they purchased the online side of it the retail store there was there's was no real value there but um the the online side of the business was what they wanted but yeah when we sold that you know it, i was able to not work for a year and uh i cut a project um a five song ep this year and i was able to pay for that um from the sale of the company and um and my wife is a big a, a big part in that as as far as what's going on now you know we're We've, we've got a little um, safety net, but but she's the one out there still working, so I can do it um, and, and not just drain our savings. <laughs> are you, with the, the release of the EP, um, are you seeing some leverage? Are you seeing some gains off of it? Are you getting booked <clears throat> out? How, how does it work when, you know, you're – you're not like a 19 year old musician with, you know, going, moving to Nashville. You kind of got some experience. Now you got some money in the bank. You got a mm-hmm. family going. Um, we're going to get into that hat you're wearing in a second, but yeah. what, what is it like right now of trying to get to where you want to go? Like I know Adam hood and Adam's on the charts right now in Texas with, with, um, 
you know, a couple of his songs off his new album, and mm-hmm. Whiskey Myers is there, and Robert Earl Keane was there for years, and you got Reckless Kelly, and Mickey and the Motorcars, and Stoney LaRue, and Jack right. Ingram, and you just name it, Corey Morrow, and Hayes All Carl. The There's so many great <laughs> musical talents that have come out of the state of Texas, not to mention, you know, Bob Wills, and Willie Nelson, and, and George Indeed. Strait, the king of country yeah. music. <laughs> how, how do you get it going right now? What, what are you seeing, like, business-wise, how you get a career going in Texas? Is it all about the relationships and the touring, getting out there and getting booked at Green Hall, getting booked in, in Austin, getting booked in Lukenbach? <clears throat> what do you do to get it going in Texas? I mean, I think there's a few different ways you can do it, a few different avenues you can take. Um, streaming has <laughs> changed, as everybody knows, has changed the way music is, is kind of consumed and artists are paid and, and writers are paid now. Um, but, but my goal, uh, kind of the way it happened for me was, and, and how I've been able to make some traction was I I found a guy, um, that I had really admired, um, his music and he needed a guitar player. So I got into his camp. He signed with big loud records, um, which is Morgan Mullen and Hardy and all those guys, Ernest. Um, so that's put me in the right places to be around the right people. I'm I'm in a great camp, but as far as booking shows, that's not, you know, that's, that really wasn't my goal. I wanted to kind of, like I said earlier, have a, have somewhat of a home life, um, and, and try to make my money writing songs. So the, the, uh, the EP has, I, I didn't really push it to radio. I didn't push it to radio at all. Um, it's an expensive thing to do. Um, so I've been, uh, just trying to, you know, do the social media thing and, and push it that way, but it's done well, uh, without any real promotion behind it. And it gives me a product to show people, whenever we go write or whenever they want to uh, consider writing with me, I can show them a product that I'm proud of um, to, to give them a, a taste of what I do. So um, that's helped me tremendously. That's helped you a lot. So you get, you, you get a pretty good, um, you get pretty good reviews and confidence when you're in this type of camp. Do you have more confidence asking for a co-write? Do you get to book more co-writes, you know, when you're in a camp like Big Loud and, and working with this musician? What's his name? Jake Worthington. Jake Worthington. Do mm-hmm. you get um pretty good reviews and um more and more confidence starts to build in your songwriting ability, your guitar playing ability, your vocals, um, the the way that you, you your stage presence, all of that's got to like play into the, your ability to get up there and try to try to make this a living. Absolutely, yeah. Being in being in that camp, you know, before uh, Jake took me to my first songwriters or uh, uh, I think it was my second um, songwriters retreat, and I'd never co-written with anybody before. Um, so there was probably uh, 10 writers at this place in Oklahoma. And that was the first time I'd ever been in a, a room. And I, I got to write with Roger Springer. I mean, which he, he wrote a lot of chestnut cuts some Daryl Singletary cuts. Um, and so being in that camp has gotten me the opportunity to be around guys like that. Uh, Jake has always believed in what I do. Um, the reviews on my music have always been that, that you know, it, it's different. It's a little different. Uh, it's got it's got a, a lot of different influences in it just from my, my childhood growing up. Um, but man, it, it has put me in the, uh, it's just given me credibility without having it already. Um, so I can, I don't have to wade through the, uh, um, not that I don't, not that I won't, but I don't, I don't have to wade through a whole lot because I'm, I'm kind of around the right people. Um, and it's been a blessing. Um, and I've really enjoyed trying to, to, to learn how to write songs because it is a craft and it is a skill and, and it's a hard thing to do, but I've learned, gotten to learn from a lot of really, really talented people. 
uh, and it has boosted my confidence tremendously. Um, but I got a lot to learn too. Are you, um, are you happy with where you're at? And the reason I'm asking this is that there's so much talent out there and there's so much to compare yourself to in today's age. It's so easy to see what all these other, let's take, um, let's take another Texan that's up and coming and kicking some ass right now. Parker McCollum, um, uh, selling out Dickies Arena, selling out OKC, uh, sold out the Ascend Amphitheater, I believe, in Nashville a couple weeks ago, Um, Mm -hmm. having great success on social media, great success touring. I think he even had a number one at country radio already. That's kind of tough to do coming from Texas. And, um, you know, some some Texas musicians take a chance of of losing the loyalty of Texas when they go mainstream, i.e. Pat Green did, I believe, in my opinion. Even Mm -hmm. though I love Pat's music, it seems like when Wave on Wave came out, Texas like blew him off. It was almost like, Hey, you're not one of us anymore. Kind of attitude, which sucks because Pat Green's legendary in my opinion. Um, But what are your goals, Jacob? Like, do you, you're comparing yourself to these guys. Obviously that's the nat, the nature of the business. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you see it on social media. I try to discipline myself on social media. So I stay in my own lane, but Mm -hmm. where are you at right now? How do you make a career of this? Is this, how long do you give yourself to make mm-hmm. a career of this are those questions that you constantly ask yourself when you're in a mm-hmm. line of work that is kind of become a dream of so many boys and girls i want to move to nashville i want to mm-hmm. be on country music radio i want to sell out arenas like garth brooks does and stadiums and all yeah. of the stuff that these big guys did is that your dream and how long do you give yourself to do it you know i, I think i could i could kind of sum it up because i've done a lot of i've done a few other things i've worked for other people i've worked for myself um music has been the only thing that has been uh, has kept me interested it's hard for me to stay interested in things I, I i like i'm a mover i like you know i don't necessarily like change but um i always like to be challenged and um music is is the thing that when I think I figure out something new, I see somebody on social media or, you know, go watch a live show. And I'm like, I've got a lot to learn. But but as far as I'm concerned, I haven't really put a a time limit on it. My wife is being very, very supportive right now. And uh, we're able to to keep a a decent life, uh, keep a roof over our head. And, uh, you know, I would love, there's nothing like playing to a crowd, singing your songs back to you. So I can't say that I wouldn't love to be George Strait or Garth Brooks or anything, but I've gotten a little bit of insight being on the road uh, with Jake and, and touring. And it, it is very hard. It, it's hard to uh, build a fan base. It's hard to keep a band together um, and not by anybody's fault. It's just, you're, 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 you're in a weird profession. Um, you know that, so I guess an end goal for me would just, honestly, I would love to be able to, to make money writing songs and to be able to go play with people that I love playing with, I love, I don't necessarily love being in the, in the spotlight. I love being a part of a band. I love being a part of a collective effort to make something really great. Um, so, I mean, ideally for me, that's what I would love to do. Stay, stay in Jake's camp as long as I can. Like, I love making music with those guys. The band's great. Jake's a fantastic singer. And, uh, I'd like to keep writing so I can go do those things and, and, and try to make some, a little bit of money, you know, through the mailbox, really. Yeah. What a life to be a, a Dean Dillon and just open that mailbox Ugh. or a David Lee Murphy and be like, yeah. oh, there's there's one or, or like Dallas Davidson and, and, yeah. and Atkins and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Akins. I mean, as far as the Georgia peach pickers go, I know there's mm-hmm. other ones in the group, but yeah. I mean, there's so many great 
songwriters that have that mailbox money what what a yeah. great way to do it and be able to tell a story in three minutes and then get paid on it for the rest <clears throat> of your life great. it's the dream it's the dream man and uh I just uh, hope and pray that I can keep doing it. This is all very fresh, so uh, my expectations are are really pretty low. I'm not really expecting anything. I'm just I'm 30. I'll be 34 this year, so I'm a little late to the game. But you know, there's I I I talk to guys all the time that say you know this guy didn't have a hit till he was 41, or you know this guy didn't have his first cut till he was in his you know mid 40s or early 50s. You know, it, it does happen. I Stapleton's, think just, a, Stapleton's a great example of that, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I and mean, he was, a, he was in fan. his forties, late thirties, forties. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan and, and, um, you know, so I'm just trying to soak up as much as I can, um, right now, just see where it goes. You know, I'm really excited about it though. Well, I like a lot of the lyrics you're writing. You writing all the lyrics yourself. You co-writing these songs that are on the EP, Ma and Pa. Specifically, I, I asked you to play this. Uh, we filmed it when we were in Texas. When I met you, yeah. I've listened to it several times since. It's it's a great song. I mean, all the songs on the EP are well written, well composed. You. Did you write all of them? All but one. Uh, I wrote by myself. Um, the the only song I didn't write was a, a song called Riverside, which uh, Clint Daniels and Drew Kennedy wrote that song. I met Clint on another songwriter's trip. And it was just one of those things that, you know, Clint's a writer. He's had several big hits. Broken Heartsville for Joe Nichols was one of them. And, uh, some of it for Eric Church was a, a recent hit. Um, and he uh, he sang a song, and I had a friend sit next to me that had had known known the song, and he said, "Man, I think this would be good for you. Listen to it." And I listened, and I was just floored. Um, it fit me, it fit my style, it, it fit how I felt at the time. Um, and so that was the only one I didn't write. But those other songs were uh, "Ma and Pa" was the first song that I wrote coming back into to music. So that was the beginning of this whole journey. Um, we had only been back in Texas for a few months maybe a month or two at most um and we went on a trip out to bandera and we've got some friends out there and you know all the cell towers out there it's a hill country uh and they had one on their property and i got to asking and i just sat down on a rock man i was like i've got nothing else to do and you know i i just feel like writing something right now i had my guitar and i i wrote the the first verse in the chorus sitting looking over their property uh in bandera and um it, what a, what a cool experience! But that song really kicked everything off. Yeah, it's strong. Do you are you one of those songwriters that <clears throat> no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, have a thought? You're on a drive. You're watching a TV show. You see your wife do something. <laughs> um, you're at the local grocery store, and you got to get your phone out and take a note so you don't forget it, and that becomes a potential lyric. Yes, uh, it didn't start out that way, but uh, these phones that we carry around for songwriters are a beautiful tool um because i mean it happened two days ago i was buying a record and, and some guy the guy at the record store said something i said that's a good title um but i think that's what learning that and learning to to observe those things and write them down has been one thing that uh has opened my my eyes that songwriting is not just trying to put words together that rhyme and hopefully there's a story back there but starting with the story and writing it like a letter, uh, you know, that you're trying to get someone to be able to be there with you. Um, one of my, one of my favorite people that I met when I moved to Texas, he works at my parents' place. He works the door. His name's Tom Turpin. And Tom told me something that 
that has stuck with me. Uh, he said all, all of the best songs, when you hear them, or a good song, when you hear it, if you see pictures, they did it right. Um, because it, it transports you to a different place a different time. Yeah, that's what people listen to music for, is to get out of reality. Yes. So uh, it's it's been... Uh, it's been therapeutic for me. I'm, I'm kind of an introverted guy. I, I don't do well, and I'm, I'm not socially awkward, I don't think, but I, I, I tend to like to be by myself. And so for me, it's it's been a way for me to express how I feel or try to begin to actually take these feelings that I've been feeling my whole life that everybody does. And because everybody has the same struggles in life, you know, I mean, some people have it worse than others, obviously, but you know, the actual struggles that we go through as humans, I feel are, are universal. Um, so if you can, it, it's been a great challenge and I'm really excited about trying to be able to put these stories into, into words eloquently. So, yeah, I, I tell a lot of songwriters and performers all the time. I wish I was a songwriter. I, I feel like I'm creative enough, but then when you sit down to do it, there's a science behind it. You could sit down and mm-hmm. th- write what you think is a song, and then people are like, "Well, that's more like a greeting card. That's yeah. more like a novel." You know, yeah. song songwriting and hooks and bridges and the overall theme of one, and just getting to the point and taking people there. It's almost like editing a Hollywood movie to where. You know, so. you know what this guy's got to do to get to this point from where he's at right now. But those mm-hmm. great producers and directors get you there and let your imagination run wild a little bit. But it yeah. all it all stays in like a really good storyline and flow. And mm-hmm. that's what good songs do. It's it's Absolutely. like what you said. It, it puts you in another place. And there's so many. I think that's why so many people gravitate to country western. I'm not saying that rock and roll or rap or hip hop isn't talent. I, I love hip hop. I love eighties hip hop. I love a lot of nineties hip hop. I love guns and roses. My I, favorite I've band heard of all bars, time, man. I've heard <laughs> your bars. <laughs> so, um, I think that, I think <clears throat> that country music though, more so than blues or mm-hmm. maybe blues a little bit, but, um, country music is blues. Country music is bluegrass. Yeah. There is, there is rock and oh, roll. Yeah. But if you listen to Amarillo by morning, one of the, or let's take the chair that yeah. Dean Dillon. I, I believe the story is that he got bet. Like I, you, you know, they're like saying, well, Dean can write a song about anything. And they're like, well, I bet you can't write one about that chair. And he knocks it <laughs> out really fast. And George Strait takes it to number one, but a really simple song about two people yeah. at a bar and a chair. And That's one, they, one of the and best it, conversational pieces ever done ever done right yeah he gets his tongue twist going on mm-hmm. he 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 lies to her to get her yeah. attention mm-hmm. or maybe fibs a little <laughs> bit that it really isn't his chair and by the end of that song you're like damn it dean Dillon is unbelievable i mean it, tennessee whiskey tennessee whiskey like you just you listen to it and you're like i want to drink some tennessee whiskey i want to go there yeah <laughs> he's, he's a genius yeah he he's is. a genius he is and and dean's always been one of those people that i've looked up to and um i've, I've gotten to meet him one time uh and he was gracious nice guy hey knock it off has he Sorry, played my, the store he has yeah um so hold on let me call these dogs now um yeah he's played the store and to sit in that room and hear him play all these songs is just it's mind-blowing you know but, but for me, you know, I've always wondered about those guys. How do you have, I was on a, a trip the other uh, couple of weeks ago, 
um, with a, a songwriter that's had several number ones. And I said, how many songs have you written? And it was over a thousand, you know, but to me, when I, when I moved back, I never thought I could write more than three or four songs. And as you do it just continuously, you know, I'm starting to see where you could build a catalog that will go from your early stages to later stages of your life. Um, and I hope to, to be half as good, a quarter as good as Dean Dillon one day. Um, but I, I got a lot of respect for that guy. I do too. Um, yeah. incredible song. If people look him up in his, his <clears throat> songwriting career and how many number ones, I, I think he's written like at least 20 just for George Strait. I, I, I don't know so. how many it is, but I think George Strait has 61 or 62 number one country hits. And yeah. I think Dean's responsible for about a third of them. That's pretty wild. I bet you they got a good friendship. I would, I would like to think so. I mean, with, with somebody like that, and that's, you know, being that guy, Dean, from just my outside perspective, it seems like Dean was that guy for at least a, a period of time where George was going to cut his stuff. He knew mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and he knew how George thought and, or at least what he wanted to cut, you know? Yeah. So that's another, another thing about being uh, in Jake's camp that has been great. Me and me and Jake write really well together. We think pretty similarly. And uh, I have direct access to him. So, and we're buddies, you know, so we can sit down and write songs. And if he likes it, he can actually, he actually has the, the ability to get it cut. Yeah. Um, so it's being that artist writer relationship that, that Dean and George had, you know, that, that would be a dream for me. Um, I, I thought, I thought I've always thought that was so cool. One of my favorite artists of all time, if not my favorite country music artist. I mean, I'm a huge Waylon fan. But mm -hmm. Jamie Johnston, I think, is next level for voice. And oh, yeah. so I think that the Lonesome Song is, if not the greatest country music album song to song, it's one of the top five. Oh, yeah. I truly feel that way. It's got, it's like amazing how many good songs, you know, big, should have been smash hits on there. If Jamie would oh, have yeah. played by the rules in Nashville and, you know, in color is, is, I mean, you hear that in a stadium and people just lose their mind over that song. Are you a Jamie Johnston fan? Song. I love Jamie. I got to see him, uh, him and Randy uh, Hauser, uh, just acoustic at Whitewater. And it was a night I'll never forget just to see him just with a guitar. And uh, Randy was great too. Um, but to see Jamie sit up there with just a guitar and command, you know how big Whitewater is. I mean, and there were a lot of people there to stand up with just a guitar and your buddy and keep, you know, four or five thousand, however many people that place holds, keep those people uh, hooked the whole time you have to be a jamie johnson and have those songs that you know they go from super sad to you know i hate you and we broke up i mean he's got it all the way across the spectrum and they're just all great songs um so i was really really blown away by that yeah i think that that lonesome song the actual song about that morning song when, yep. you, when, when people break that down of what that means it, it could be the greatest nashville song ever written as far yeah. as about nashville yeah, that song is Jamie sitting in a parking lot at Losers, hmm. <laughs> with yeah. wide eye and ashtray breath, and and yeah, thinking about those railroad tracks and the deals he's done, and and what yeah. he, the people he's met and the nights he spent, and um, when you hear when you hear that album song to song, the way it was produced and the story behind how Jamie did that, went out to LA and met Jeremy Popoff, the lead singer of the band lit. They had hmm. a huge smash in, in the, in the nineties and the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, 
And then you li- they wrote Mowing Down the Roses together. And then you listen to oh, how wow. when, when Jamie put those songs together and he took it to all these record labels, I believe, and the way people were reacting to it and, and, and then, um, you know, how it got released. It was just a heck of a project. And yeah. you just wish that Nashville was about those kind of projects and and yeah. not not this the new nashville is different to me it's it's it doesn't seem to be as authentic music wise as yeah. it was at one time i truly feel that i don't i think yeah. i have i have a lot of respect for morgan and and, and hardy and ernest and and, and stapleton's on the class of his own but and there's of a course. great a lot of great talent in, in nashville i don't want it mm-hmm. to sound like i don't think that mm-hmm. but it sure as heck is not the late 80s and the early 90s and the hat pack and the songs that were coming out of there at that time were in my opinion when you hear tracy lawrence sing those are country songs a lot of the songs that are on the radio today i wouldn't even deem country i deem them more pop there's not steel guitar in them there's not Mm -hmm. pedal steel there's there's more tracks being laid there's more uh synthetic synthesizer drum beats it's it's just not as country as i wish it was but who am i to say well, you're, and you're not alone in that. I mean, there's a lot of people that feel that way and, and, you know, I, everybody can get jaded. You know, that was my whole thing. Cause people ask me uh, that, you know, or we have that conversation a lot, but you know, I, it, it wasn't always for me that, that that was out there and super popular. I just never felt like, you know, guys like Jake or, or guys, you know, like, uh, you know, who, who pick your favorite traditionalist, you know, didn't get the, why aren't they getting, you know, the, uh, why isn't everybody digging that, you know, Probably haven't so it wasn't viral. necessarily, it wasn't necessarily, you know, for me, the, the, the record companies, but you know, I was like, why aren't the people getting this? But I think nowadays, um, with the, with YouTube and Spotify, I mean, you can find music that you, nobody's ever heard of and maybe it never will. Um, but it, it's, it's funny. Um, we being in that big loud camp, I've just been so grateful to be around it. And uh, I popped in Ernest's uh, new record, Flower Shops, when we were going to Nashville. And I said, you know, I've never listened to this top to bottom. I want to listen to it top to bottom. And so I listened to it top to bottom one time, and I said, man, I really listened because Ernest did put some steel. He's got steel in there, and and his his lyrics are just – I didn't give it enough credit um, just right off the bat just because I didn't know anything really about him. Um but when I sat down and listened top to bottom, that is a storybook record. And he did a fantastic job. He's a, he's an incredible writer. Um, but he likes to go. I mean, he, he says it, I watched a, a podcast with him earlier and he said it, you know, he loves hip hop. That's, that was his first introduction. And I like, uh, I like the fact that he talked about, you know, he can, he wants to do both, you know, he wants to do both. He wants to make country music and he, he likes doing other stuff too. So I've always respected that. Um, but I, I really think music is, probably taking a turn more towards the traditional sound which i grew up on so i love um but a lot of people didn't you know so i I do get it uh you know i get it but i also think that oh and i trust me i love that album and ernest is a freaking star to be i mean you run with morgan and you get you get on you get on these tours with morgan you're going to get a lot of eyeballs and ears on you you know you're going to have a better you're going to have a little bit more of a, a a catapult into it than you mm-hmm. know being on another tour morgan is breaking records man i mean Big they're comparing time. him to elvis i don't know if yeah. anybody should ever be compared to the king but um of rock and roll that is but yeah morgan's controls an audience morgan's got insane talent 
Um, and when he when he does a hip hop little version, or he does a uh, you know something with a with an R and B artist, and it's got more. He was to say he's he can do what he wants. You know yeah. he we're not. I'm not trying to say like you shouldn't do that. Willie Nelson did stuff with Snoop Dogg. Run DMC did stuff with Aerosmith. I mean, yeah. there's always been that cross collaboration. I mean, Cruise, one of the biggest country songs of all time. Nelly mm-hmm. ended up coming on that song that Chase Wright and the Florida Georgia guys. You know, yeah. Florida Georgia Chase Rice and Florida Georgia wrote together. So. Um, I'm not against it, and I love hip-hop oh, yeah. and different styles, but I just wish that – here's what how, how I put it. If Rainy Day Woman came out today, it would not be a radio hit. Yeah. If – if um, let me think. That Lonesome Songer, I don't even know if In Color would be a huge hit right now. Mm. I don't mm. know if a lot of the songs that Murrow put out that we're all big number ones or Ronnie Millsap. You think there's a stranger in my house would be a number one hit on today's country radio, man. Um, if, there's if no that freaking was a, way. If that was a song that was able to be cut right now, I would pee my pants over that. You know what I mean? I, I would love to cut it. You know, if it was, if that was the case, but, but Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie Millsap had 39 or something. Number one hits Jacob. Yeah, How, do you crazy. think that stranger in my house would be a number one on today's radio? I don't think so. Man, I would, I would like to think so, but I don't know. I would like to think so too, but that's what I'm saying is like, is this stuff that's really charting Mm -hmm. worthy of charting? And I'm not saying that I'm the one that should make that decision, but I don't know if Daryl Singletary, I let her lie, would be on the charts today. Man. And and that's, I think, I think that's why I, you know, social media and, and streaming is one of those things that's, that's so great. Because guys, you know, like Childers and, and, and Zach Bryan and those guys, they started off, you know, being the YouTube thing. And they were doing whatever they wanted. And people, uh, you know, were attracted to it. And it eventually is just so undeniable, I think, that, you know, they're going to play it. You know, country radio is going to play it. And, you know, I, I think their, their job that they have is, is tough um to please an audience. I mean, that's essentially, in my opinion, what you're, you're – you're 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 hoping people will turn into that stage tune into that station and stay there so you got to keep them engaged at all times um you know so i i love the fact that people can now just do whatever they want and they have an avenue to get it to the people and then once it just becomes so undeniable it's going to get out there well let me let me ask you this though are you saying that country radio doesn't cater to a guy like me then because I want to hear George Strait, and I want yeah. his new. I want. I think God and Country Music's a, a huge smash hit. I think sure. his new album had three or four number ones on it. But he got. He wrote a song with Jamie Johnson called "Kicked Out of Country Music." Kicked hmm. out of country. They wrote it over text message. You can find it on YouTube. It's like nine minutes huh. long. But huh. you're telling me that today's radio has given up on George Strait, who did so much for yeah. Nashville and country music. Sixty-two number one hits. Some of the biggest tours in country music history. He's got. He's still selling out T-Mobile in Vegas a couple times a year, six, seven, yeah. eight times a year. Um, his tours with Eric Church and his he did Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and the guy sells out every show. You're telling me that a guy that has that track record, that following of all those fans that pay for that ticket, mm-hmm. don't think that the chart toppers or the the people that are pushing the buttons on 16th and 17th Avenue, like Scott Bruschetta and some yeah. of these other record ex, record executives, aren't tell you're telling me they're not catering to me and that George Strait's not worthy of a number one hit. That's Man, crazy I, to me. 
That's I crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm just a peon in this in this business. I'm just I'm having be- a conversation yeah, with you, Jacob. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you that there's something else going on. Yeah, that some you. of these cats are getting number ones like they're skittles. Yeah. And that George Strait can't get a number one. Why? Because he's in his sixties now. Yeah. The guy I, I can still sing saying. the phone book. <laughs> he can, and I'd go watch him do it. <laughs> he could sell out every arena in America. So why is yeah. he popular enough? Is he just not playing the radio game? Is he not going out and kissing ass enough? I don't know. I'm not in the business. Yeah. I, it's yeah, funny. It's, it is. It is. It's interesting. And and man, I, I don't know, but I, I love George and I love, I love traditional country music because that's what I was raised on. And, and I, I, you know, I hope, uh, I genuinely do hope that some of that stuff will be on the radio. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there that, um, uh, that think the way, you know, you and I do as far as music goes, um, as far as our stylistic choices um but uh, i i think it's i think we're gonna hear a little bit more of it i think it's gonna make a comeback um i really feel that way too and i I have my fingers crossed because i see guys like tracy bird out there which i love for god tracy bird man are you kidding me tracy lawrence was just on tour with aldine he's been playing in front and his tour is doing very well i heard chestnuts for him at the house of blues um a couple weeks ago and he was he's one of the nicest guys he was so gracious to us tracy was uh, Lawrence was was incredible, and he still can do it. He still got it. He still his voice is still there. His band's incredible, um, and those guys are out going and touring and making money. You know, so um, I'm I'm happy to see that that's still going on. You know, Daryl Singletary was one of our first artists, uh, or one of my parents' first artists that they had at the store, and Daryl was just you know my idol growing up. Um, so you know, I I would love to hear sad country songs, you know, like that sung that way on the radio for sure um i love daryl singletary god rest in peace but man him and joe diffie him and joe diffie gone yeah i could listen to joe diffie's greatest hits on on repeat all day you and me both and singletary yeah i mean i I remember in high school uh, we got uh it was when napster and limewire and all that stuff was was out and uh, I think uh, we got somebody had a, just a big hard drive full of full of stuff and just a bunch of different music. And he had a big file full of Daryl stuff. And I I opened that and just wore it out. I mean, went as far as I could, as deep as I could, because it's just that voice. You just don't hear that every day. You don't hear someone that can deliver a song like that every single day. It's it's it's, it's pretty special. Tell me a little bit about that hat now. Your mom and dad have purchased the Kenny store. Mm-hmm. It's it's becoming a de- it already is a destination in Texas for music goers. It's a a dinner house. You could pay a certain amount of money to get a dinner and a seat for a show. You just yep. mentioned Daryl Singletary's been there. Brent Cobb's been there. Wyatt McCubbin. Wyatt's coming on the podcast next week. Nice. Um, several love great artists. I love him too. God, he's talented. Yeah, several he great artists have graced the stage at the Kenny Show. What is the Ke- or the Kenny store? What is it all about? Where is it located? Why mm-hmm. is it becoming a destination? Well, I think um, every music venue that I've been able to play in, I think the the thing that I've noticed across the board is the ones that are the best are the ones that understand um, the, the business from an artist's perspective and, and are, uh, are music fans. Uh, my parents are, are huge, huge, huge music fans. Music has been a, a huge part of our life uh, since I was a kid. So I think that... Um, as, as far as why it's so popular and why people are drawn to it is because they get the songwriters in there. They get the, the people that you might not have heard of, um, 
you know, when Dean came to the store, there was a, a lot of people that didn't know who he was. They knew his songs, but, but that puts a face to these hits. And I think my parents have just done a fantastic job of bringing in the right talent, uh, for, uh, to expose people to, uh, and it's just a, it's a home feel, you know I mean? When you walk in the doors, you just, you, you feel good. Um, and it, it's just out, it's in between uh, Houston and Austin. Uh, it's, it's, um, just near Brenham. Um, but they bought it, I believe back in 2012 and I was gone the whole time that they pretty much the whole time that they had it. Um, and I just moved back recently and I was actually working for them, uh, when I moved back and that was my plan. I was going to come back and work at the store and music was not a, not a thing. Um, and they provided me the opportunity just with that, with that venue to, to be at the right place at the right time with uh with the right artist um that i've that I've, has become my, one of my best friends and um put me in a in a in a position to be around people and all the people that go to that place i mean when they get done you get to go back and in the back room where we normally serve food and sit and talk to these guys and then, and and it's just laid back you get access to them like you 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 might not other places it's a small room it's 150 seats i think so you you just get that intimate uh, experience with an artist that I think is so important because there's a lot of times I, I've had a lot of songwriters tell me that, you know, people will come up and say, Oh, that's my favorite song. You know, I, we, we sang that song at my wedding, but they only listened to the chorus. You know, it, it was a breakup song, but they, but they liked the chorus, you know? So I think when you can get people in and pique their interest and tell a good story about the song, give a little bit of the backstory and sing it to them, they can, they're listening and they can actually go there with you. So it's uh, a store. So if I went there right now, obviously music's not playing on a Tuesday afternoon. What, right. what What's in the store? Well, it it was a general store. That's why it's, it's called the Kenny store and it's just stayed. Um, I know, I, I don't know if the name's ever changed. It's been through a lot of different owners. It's changed hands um, through families. And I believe the built, the building was, was moved there uh, before 1900, but you know, it, it it's a, uh, it's a special place, uh, but there's, I don't, it's not really a store. It's just, that's the name, you know, uh, it used to be a general store. So I think that's why the name stuck, but my parents were one of those. And that's another thing I think they did a great job of is they definitely have changed a lot of things to it. When they bought it, it didn't have any coolers in it, you know, as far as electric coolers, it was all just ice, you know, and, and $2 canned beer. Um, and they've, they've definitely don't do that anymore, but you know, it's still ice cold beer. And, um, they're, they're still trying to keep the music alive. They still do the karma thing, which karma stands for Kenny area, rural music association. That was a thing that was started, you know, however long ago they've kept that going. Um, you know, it, it really is a special place. What, um, I'm looking at the schedule right now. You got, this is pretty cool. You got Dina Carter <laughs> coming up, strawberry wine. Yeah. Are you, I mean, that album, did I shave my legs for this? You had, um, yeah. the, the, the hit smash, the smash hit that Kenny Chesney made a smash hit, uh, with, um, Grace Potter, you and tequila yeah. make me crazy was originally done by Dina. I just saw Dina play with your next guest coming up on Saturday. She's Saturday, October 22nd. So this Saturday day after my birthday, by the way, and then Saturday, oh, nice. October 29th, Daryl Worley, who got all that yeah. boy. So I saw Daryl and Dina in mm-hmm. Vegas or uh, in Nashville at the uh, Nashville palace for the Keith Whitley tribute. And yeah, nice. The boy did Daryl Worley tear it down. Dina sounded awesome. Daryl Worley's voice, the song he did about nine uh, 11, uh, yeah, Chad Prather and the ragamuffins. Yes. I don't, I don't know them. 
Um, Chad is a, is a hilarious guy. Um, I found him, he was big on Instagram and Chad's got his, his own platform and did some political stuff and, but he's, he does comedy, he sings, he plays guitar. He's got a great little band around him. And, um, so I'm looking forward to that show. That's going to be cool. Tell me about this Jake Bush cat. Jake Bush is, uh, one of my dear friends and, uh, Jake has been just killing it. He's had, a, you know, I think three or four or five, maybe number ones on, on the Texas charts. Uh, Jake is one of the most down to earth, humble, hard working people that I've ever met in the music industry. And, uh, you should look up his stuff. I mean, he's, he's got, he just released a new song, uh, $2 drink, um, which is a fantastic song. It, it, it's got a lot of, you hear a lot of Daryl in it. Uh, Jake's a huge Daryl fan too. So you hear a lot of Daryl in that song. Uh, but Jake is a, a great talent and a great human being. Is he a hunter? You know, I'm not sure. I know he's busy, busy, busy. So I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I don't yeah. think he turned down the opportunity. I had a good time hunting with y'all. <laughs> Heck yeah, <laughs> a little blue wing too with Steve Biggers and Terry Demon from Mojo. That Down was a, El Campo. Yeah, that was really a cool experience to sit in the blind with y'all and y'all got to watch my terrible shooting. And uh, <laughs> Oh, it ain't that bad. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> Yeah, Daryl Worley, that's going to be a heck of a night for your concert goers down for the Kenny store. What a voice. What yes. a, I mean, the guy is tall. I mean, it's, he's huge. He's, he's so nice, though. I've been gotten to stay in touch with him, and he's just a heck of a human being and just always doing charitable work. Same as Tracy Lawrence. Yeah. I'm working with Tracy on a on an event. He's you know He does every November for Thanksgiving in Nashville for the homeless. And yeah, he's the just, turkey I mean, thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that's another cool. great guy. And, and I, I just, I think that, Country music is just awesome in so many ways. The country music audience is awesome. And I think it's awesome that places like the Kenny store are there that yeah. still have, you know, Daryl Worley and Dina yeah. Carter in front of people and intimate like that to hear the stories. It's like being in New York when Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl or, and, and Dave Grohl and Nirvana did their unplugged. Like it was intimate yeah. with it. Could you imagine how lucky you'd be to be in that audience? That's the greatest unplugged album of yeah. all time. Lil Wayne's got a good one too, but <laughs> Um, that Nirvana album, that's what the Kenny store is all about. Just intimate, you know, sitting there around the stage, listening to stories, how the songs were written, why they were written. And then, you know, just stories about being on tour and it'd be, Mm -hmm. it'd be a fun to be, it'd be awesome to be a fly on the wall in a lot of artists tour bus, you know, to, to know that lifestyle and the country music or the the rock star lifestyle is interesting. It's crazy in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you know, Hardy just experienced that bus crash going into Nashville and thank God they're okay. But man, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're not seat belted in, in those tour buses. You could be sleeping in a bunk. Something goes wrong and you know, there's a lot of danger in that. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, get well wishes sent to the Hardy and his crew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you being on. What were you saying? I was just going to say it was funny, my, my, not funny, but my wife and I were talking about that because we, we travel in a van. And uh, there's been a lot of times I've been laying in that bench seat without a seatbelt on going, man, I, I, should I sit up, put my seatbelt on? But you just got to, you know, sometimes you just got to lay down. And you don't ever think that the guys in the buses, you know, are, are really in the same boat, you know, and just with knives in the drawer and glass in the cabinets. <laughs> so, yeah. But, 100%. yeah, like you said big big uh prayers to those guys what's next for you you got any shows on uh on the valley you guys on tour right now are you getting ready to hit the road with the band yeah we're uh we're playing we've got a texas run this week and then we're going on uh i believe it's eight dates with Ernest in november 
which I'm really excited about. Uh, Jake's the opener uh, for a few dates for Ernest. So that's, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, and man, I, I've got a show this Thursday at the store or next Thursday at the store. Uh, I try to, when I'm home to just go play there. So just keep an eye out on that. And uh, I'm going to be running the road and, and writing songs. Um, I, I got to come check you guys out. We got to see Jacob yeah. and his band play great band originals. Awesome. It covers it's, 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 you know what you do that, that is obvious. That's great for a concert goer to understand is that you work hard at it. You don't go up there and cut corners. You're very focused. You've rehearsed these songs. You have put your own little tone and touch on your guitar playing on them. You have a, mm -hmm. you have a pedal steel in your band. Um, you guys work hard at it and that's respectful, respectable. Thank and you. I think that that's going to take you a long way. Stay original, my brother. Um, tell your mom and dad, hello. I'm, your dad's coming on the podcast uh, next week. We had to reschedule. We're oh, going nice. to get down. We're going to get down in the weeds about the Kenny store. He's your father-in-law, your stepdad. It. He's your stepdad, correct? My stepdad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to get down. I'm going to get down there and see a show sometime. I'll be back in Texas in January hunting. I don't know if I'll be able to get down there then. I'm going to be more up in the up in the northeast part of the state. Yeah. But um, we'll get together again. We'll hang out. Keep kicking some butt. Keep writing I good will. songs. Uh, guys and girls out there listening, you'll be able to hear Jacob's songs on episodes of The Foul Life, our social media. Check out his EP. They can find it on all of the listening platforms. And get yeah. that ma and pa in your head. It's a, <laughs> It'll keep you grooving. I love listening to it. Um, I think we edited to it not too long ago. I'll send you some clips off of it. Oh, but, yeah, uh, please do. Keep being creative, my brother. Keep being Thank original. You so much. And uh, stay safe out there and put that seatbelt on. I will. I've enjoyed talking to you, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Are you going to um, Are you gonna get off of this and have any inspiration at all to write a song uh, because of this conversation? Uh, possibly. Very possibly. Yeah. So You're then the I'll, man. Have to, Where I'll have to make sure I give you the third, right? Nope, nope. I don't want any, I don't want any credit or any, uh, any, any, uh, any, uh, mailbox money, but I will take a, uh, a laminate when you, sh when you hit it big and you're on tour, I want a, a laminate and I want side stage access and a cooler Deal. beer there. I don't like standing hey. in them beer lines, bub. I'm with you. I'll, I'll make sure we got to whatever you like to drink in a, in a laminate. I hope I can get one one day. So you'll yeah. do it at Jacob cool. Boyd music. Correct. Uh, yes, sir. At J A C O B B O Y D at Jacob Boyd Music on Instagram, your other social media platforms. Like That's I said, it. listen to him on new episodes of The Foul Life, our social media platforms here. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't for Everybody. That that title came from the city we talked about a bunch today, Nashville, Tennessee, in a place they call Midtown, at a bar they call Losers, right next to another bar they name Winners, and another bar called the Rebar. And they're all owned, I believe, by George Strait's manager irv hmm. if i remember oh, that right. right i didn't um, know that but that sign this life ain't for everybody hangs behind the stage at losers where all the bands play down that little pit area and i yeah. saw that in 2008 and trademarked it i'm like i'm gonna use that someday this life yeah. ain't for everybody and it's uh it's meant to be towards the honky tonks of nashville and coming up in that lifestyle it's not for everybody trust me because i've lived it not even as a an artist just being friends with artists and oh my gosh is it a grind but you get FOMO you stand you're sitting there on a Tuesday night and you're like oh my gosh they got this going on down here at the Red Door Thursday night they got this going on at Losers everywhere the exit yeah. in they got third and Lindsay you're like man if I don't go there that door ain't gonna open so here we go again seventh right. night in a row drinking Budweiser's or a Jack and Coke at another bar and I'm supposed to be getting up early for a writer a, a co-write and it's just a it's a strenuous it. lifestyle it's not easy so good on 
on you, brother. That's Thank Jacob you, Boyd. This life ain't for everybody. Another new episode. We're gonna go out with Mom Paw. We're gonna play Mom Paw going out of this episode. You guys go check out this man. He has got it going on. And check out the Kenny store when you're down in Texas. Get you a ticket, eat some dinner, see a great show. I'm Chad Belding for Jacob Boyd. Another episode of This Life Ain't for Everybody. We out. Cactus coming up out of the ground Trees that don't grow tall We run a thousand hit of cattle out on this place Just me, Ma, and Paul Got caliche rolls running through it Like the veins in his worn out body As a kid I'd stand on that old platform Shoot the ski with my 14 shotty When he bought this place in 95 Didn't have nothing on it but a gravel drive And a trailer Although we survived Yeah, that the company man put a tire on He said measure it twice Cause I don't want it to fall On that house built by me It was a swimming hole that my daddy built By damming up that creek one day I flipped over that giant boat and there was a copperhead on my seat. We kept a gun in the gator and a little while later we were hunting all them hogs. Then back into the trailer for a little bit of supper just to help me, Ma and Pa. When he bought this place in 95, didn't have nothing on it but a gravel drive and a trailer. Although we survived. Bye, baby.